there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well. Today's episode, it's been a question on my mind for weeks. I think we have some really good potential answers. I'm hyped to be here. This episode is sponsored by Redesign, and today we're unpacking why season eight has exploded, and we got some fun theories for it. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch. We stream Thursday and Saturday. Apex Legends. Come by and hang out. Absolutely stellar time over there. If you'd like to help continue the Third Party Podcast, though, in the community we've grown, please consider supporting us on Patreon. The support recently has been insane. With your pledge, you can receive bonus episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, replica weapons, t-shirts, and much, much more. Your support means a lot to us, and we look forward to chatting and playing with our awesome patrons. Let's kick off this episode, though, by reading off some five-star reviews. First review coming from TNL895. What's up, guys? I've been playing Apex for as long as it's been out on Switch. I only have 18 total kills, and I was wondering what I should do to get better. Thanks for making this podcast. It's helped me to obsess over the, the game, which is what I love to do. Keep it up. Man, do you have a rabbit hole to go down right now? Oh, Certainly do. A rabbit hole of great content and tips and tricks. What do you think is maybe the like the biggest like first piece of advice we could give to somebody new to the game now? Yeah. Oh man, it's tough. so much. Keep playing. That that's um, the big one. Don't get too distracted by the firing range. Mm-hmm. I think is kind of important. Learn all the weapons, mm-hmm. uh, but just get into a lot of games. Um, don't worry about stats. Like you just gotta mm-hmm. learn. Hopefully you're playing with friends. Um, but yeah, what an exciting place to be in, uh, learning the game all at once. One of the tips that I have that I see for new players is healing is really different in this game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just the fact that you have heals, um, I'm the bat guy here and <laughs> Pop bats really quickly. I was carrying 10 in a game today. Yeah, Shay's a bat guy <laughs> as well. Like, hit heals really fast in fights mm-hmm. um, because they're faster than you might think, and starting them faster is really, really nice. So if you take a hit, even if it's just 50 mm-hmm. um, or 70, get cover, hit a bat quickly, I think is a nice little tip for players that are kind of new to the game. There's a ton else to go yeah. over. I mean, playing the game is the biggest one. And the only thing I'll throw in is learn the maps, which comes from playing the game, knowing the maps, knowing where to go and just how the layout of where you're fighting actually is, is going to really change your success playing this game. Next review, your guide to life. Great name. I've recently gotten into podcasts and this was perfect for me since I've been playing since the start. Short and sweet. Love to Love hear it. it. Welcome. Thanks so much for the review. Last review for the day coming from Little Beother 314. Hello, wanted to say I hope you guys, Shay and Henry, are doing well and staying safe. Love listening to your pod as I'm walking to school. That was a great time to listen. Good as it gets. Let's dive into the main topic of the day, though, and we are going to talk about eight reasons for season eight breaking records. And breaking records is an understatement. It is everything the game has grown in every way, shape, or form over the course of the season, and we're here to hopefully 
we came up with some theories to break it down yeah. and but kind of just like our point of view of what happened versus kind of what we were expecting going into the year. For sure. And I love this topic just because reason season rhymes. Sounds great. It's going to be a great title. for the seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's great. We could have named this episode, you know, Apex Legends Back from the Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because like, a lot of people say Apex is a dead game. Everybody it says Fortnite is a dead not. game too. So it's like people throw that out there all the time. <laughs> but right now, it's undeniable that Apex is at a real peak. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a great episode to record. We're excited to be here. But like Shay said, we were nervous and mm-hmm. can't weren't certain uh, when we started seeing these crazy numbers what the cause was. So we're going to try our best to answer it today. I think we have some good points, but to take a step back, recap, going into season eight, coming off of season seven, Mm -hmm. which was a very big success with a new map, a fantastic legend that shook up the meta more than anything ever. Hype, hype. Going into eight, we were nervous. Number one, we were going back to Kings Canyon, which does not have the best public image um, with major talent. Mm Mm-hmm. So we were nervous there Mm -hmm. in that we were going to spend not only half the ranked split, but then a majority of the public time in the playlist uh, on Kings Canyon. Big risk, we felt. With the second map being Olympus as well. And no World's Edge. Um, Which was tough. Like from, we got some new listeners because the game's grown. Olympus is a great map. We like Kings. World's Edge is just beloved by the content creators, the stream, and a lot of players, and a lot of players as well. And so having the lack of World's Edge for a season, we were just so nervous, as we put it at the beginning, so, so nervous about what the outlook would be from a content creation standpoint for the game right now. Yeah, maps were definitely a point of uh, anxiety for Shay and I. That being said, we love it. Kings is great. Totally. This is great. Um, next point. The new legend being Fuse, who we knew had no mobility uh, going into the season, uh, we felt like was quite the risk. And unfortunately, we now know that Fuse has the lowest win rate. Um, so unfortunately, to toot our own horns, we called this one. We pretty much called this mm-hmm. one early on, maybe even before I'm asking the legends. Fuse is still a pretty fun kit. I'm excited to see their future. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a major risk when we look at, wow. Season seven, Horizon was awesome. People mm-hmm. couldn't stop praising Horizon. People are still maining Horizon. Um, we re- and we thought that this next legend was really going to be, you know, powerful and uh, yeah. well, packed up. The devs came out and said, hey, yeah. this was so successful with Horizon. We're going to continue to do this. Releasing Legends Strong is the way to go. And we very much got the antithesis to that. Yeah, which... Was a shock. Yeah. We kind of saw, okay, that's scary. I mean, if mm-hmm. we're not getting a new map, we're spending time on Kings and we're getting maybe a less fun legend, no matter how good their personality is, this season could be in trouble. Then we got a new weapon mm-hmm. in season eight, but the 3030, that's a DMR. That's not as fun and flashy as something like the Volt. And so a lot of people, we already knew just knowing of the gun, mm-hmm. um, This isn't going to be... Nobody was excited. It's not going to be majorly Mm -hmm. popular, no matter what. Um, You know, the G7, my favorite gun, maybe your favorite gun. Mm -hmm. It's not like wild. People don't get excited (laughs) about it like we do. So 
having the 30-30 be another big staple of the season, big risk. Then, battle pass, reactive camo, or skin for the longbow. Bold choice. This was this was the one that we actually pointed out probably the most at the start of the year. We were just so confused because we were like, you're bringing in a DMR that completely competes with the longbow. Yeah. Straight up. They are rivals in, in how you play the game. We've talked about it a ton. So you're bringing in a new gun. Should draw away from the longbow. And then you also have the incredible success of the triple take over here with mm-hmm. zero change coming to that weapon. And so we were just like, oh my gosh, if you're giving a sniper a reactive camo, why are we not doing the triple take? And honestly, I've been seeing a lot of charge rifle loves recently, and I'm a big charge rifle fan too, but that gun gets a very good amount of love as well. We were just concerned that, okay, the reactive camo is a big hype for the season. Having it on the R99 recently was huge. And now you're putting on the longbow and you're just setting your audience up for uh, some disappointment and no spoilers. But I'm not as far on the battle pass as I normally am at this point. Vacations, but also just not really grinding like the challenges and stuff because I'm not as excited about a longbow skin. It it definitely is a risk that if you want to sell battle passes, you want to get people excited for the season, that reactive camo actually is a pretty big deal. So Mm -hmm. that was another big risk. The last thing that we were kind of anxious about was just the story of Apex. Yeah. Um, Coming into season eight, uh, we got the Lobo Rev story tied up on Twitter, which we thought was a little bit awkward. Um, we didn't really get a Rampart story um, back in season six. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some nice stuff for Horizon, even in game, which was great. Um, but we didn't know where that was going to go um, moving into the next season. If yeah. it was going to, if the story was going to stay on Olympus or what was going to happen. Um, but we got Maggie and Fuse, um, which is a terrorist plot storyline on King's Canyon. Pretty sticky stuff um, from a lore Mm -hmm. story perspective. Maybe not, you know, stacking up to be the best season is Mm -hmm. kind of where all these things came together. Yeah, we were were just so nervous. Looking at a lot of these things, we're like, oh my gosh, we are going to struggle to make content and we're going to struggle to maybe even play the game at times. Like there's going to be a serious like problem with a lack of a player base. Like we really thought it was going the other way, but yeah. on the other side of that apex has grown like wildfire this season, breaking every record it's previously set for itself on steam with concurrent players. And even as of the morning we record it is skyrocketed to the number one BR on Twitch for the first time. Pretty cool stuff. And we're happy to see it. A hundred percent. Yes. It's really, really awesome to just take a little trip it's kind of a long trip <laughs> through just all the things that Apex has done this season specifically. First off, Google Trends, um, which is a combination of Google search, mm-hmm. but also YouTube search. Mm-hmm. And so major Very video important. content. Mm-hmm. Um, consistently more search for Apex Legends this season compared to last season. Uh, 30% more surf- search traffic, like entirely. That's a significant jump. For anyone that might not be incredibly familiar with statistics. Huge, I mean, double digits would be huge. This is 30%. This is, yes, this is insane. Like this is, you are adding a significant amount of money into EA's pocket. Like 
essentially like you are increasing the player base and increasing the health of the game, but that is going to end up making a lot of higher ups happy about the game. Yeah. And the Google trends is just kind of interesting because it shows that people are searching for the game yep. and a figure like a 30% bump this season over last is certainly significant. The next little record mm-hmm. uh, falls onto Twitch where we've had double the channels streaming this season compared to fall of 2020 double the channels like that's incredible that's crazy you go from like that's the amount of creators actually mm-hmm. producing content on twitch has doubled which is incredible um the official play apex twitch uh also more than doubled this season over all of last year's viewership mm-hmm. um which we'll go into more later but yep. That's an incredible milestone. Um, Apex has also maintained viewership growth on Twitch as a game for three months in a row this season um, for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. So not even when Apex released did it maintain month over month over month growth. But this season it did. That's the crazy thing because we thought we saw the peak in the Mm -hmm. past. We thought we've seen the best of Apex from a numbers perspective. Ninja and Shroud used to play this game on season releases and Shroud even more so like just in general used to play the game. And so for the first time ever for us to see growth on Twitch consistently, that's just, that's nothing to scoff at. That's a big change to the health of the game. It certainly is. I mean, these numbers are staggering. Mm -hmm. Um, The next is that it's a top five game on Steam, which is a big achievement. That's something that standalone is pretty impressive just because Steam is a major, major platform. Um, Took them a while, though. It did. (laughs) It did to even get on Steam, unfortunately. Uh, But right now, there's 130,000 current players on PC using Steam. Uh, This month, uh, they had their all-time record at 228,000 current players, which is pretty impressive, really looks great. Um, having a healthy player base on Steam with all their community support is excellent. And there's been a lot less complaints about PC gameplay in general. Like yeah. queue times are shortening and the pred lobbies are healthier than they've ever been, uh, which for a long time has just been such a negative connotation of can't play on PC. It sucks too much. Like there's not enough players and now there's Certainly. a lot of them. <laughs> Certainly. And that's concurrent players, um, you know, playing right now. Um Average monthly players across all platforms is now at 100 million. Ooh. This is a new number we've never said, we've never known before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being sourced by ActivePlayer.io. Um, this is potentially a bit of an estimate, but even if we if we look at the 100 million figure as a huge milestone, we also see that there's a 10 million increase from season seven to season eight, which is a significant bump. That's like an 11% increase mm-hmm. in playership, and that's including Switch, which is nice to see. Um, another reason this may be a significant, even if the numbers aren't 100% accurate from the source, um, Fortnite on the same platform uh, has been clocked at maintaining about $265 million, uh since fall of 2020. And mm-hmm. It's just been kind of stagnant there amazing figure amazing player base (laughs) killers but the focus here is apex's growth from season seven to eight 
And that's the crazy part because it's like, why? Why in comparison has it grown that much? Because you'll get season seven, fantastic legend. Yeah. New map. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun, you know, new marketing tools and such. And season eight, for all the reasons we listed, we were nervous, but no, 10 million increase. That's, that's nothing to joke about. Absolutely. So now we're going to get into eight theories for why Apex Legends has grown in popularity so much this season. Eight for season eight. I like it. I think it's a good number. Number one, the content. This is the most content we've ever seen in-game. Two collection events with great rewards, Town Takeover, Bangalore Heirloom, as well as the anniversary event right after the season's release uh, with the Battle Pass and great recolors, and then you could unlock any heirloom if you bought the entire event. Really great content. Um, I think that a lot of players are more happy than they maybe anticipated with King's Canyon. Um, The addition of explosive holds, Mm -hmm. I think, just really elevated that map so much and the small changes had more of an impact than i think we predicted Mm -hmm. and i think the average player may have predicted um as well as the welcome new edition of crash site so i think from an in-game content perspective so far season's a major win in terms of volume and quality yeah the content has been off the chain it's been crazy the amount of skins in the game is what's blown my mind away because it kind of makes me look at this game and think about Fortnite and it's like what does Fortnite do amazing cosmetics amazing partnerships and such and to see Apex's growth coincide with the most skins we've pretty much ever gotten and maybe not important but also the return of some of the most favorite recolors of all time and so to see skins be such a huge factor in this season maybe because that's not something you would assume would drive growth of the game but if people are spending money and they get more attached to the game because they're spending money. That's a very interesting reason for growth, essentially. Because a lot of people yeah. complain about skins is the weird thing. Yeah. Content is content. You know, if people are making videos about new skins, that brings more eyes, that brings more players. Um, I think all of this stuff lined up content-wise, that is a major portion of why Season 8 actually quite good mm-hmm. just because they saw two events was big we didn't think there we were going to get a collection yeah. event we mm-hmm. thought the anniversary may replace it that was kind of bold since they were all recolors <laughs> and there wasn't an additional heirloom but just so much content yeah theory number two we haven't said this name in a while hopefully we don't get in too much uh, trouble it's, we've avoided the topic but war zone so the number of channels streaming Warzone on Twitch has been cut in half from the fall of 2020. A lot of people have been talking about the content being stale. New map for Cold War may release though uh, on April 22nd. So time will tell how that affects things. Uh, I know personally from having a very large friend group that plays uh, Warzone, they're out right now and it is not fun. And that sentiment is said again and again and again on social media right now. A lot of people are theoretically leaving that game. We've had people recently join our community saying they came from Warzone and that they just didn't like the content that was coming out. I know you have some cool thoughts though on Warzone if you want to share. I think this is probably a major indicator for Mm -hmm. why this season could be good. I don't really have a lot of hard numbers or facts, but Mm -hmm. yes, we do have some people that have recently joined our community that are making the switch to Apex. Welcome. We love you. Um, 
But Warzone not only has the content been at a all-time trough, um, but Cold War in general um, is also at a all-time low point. Yeah. So it's kind of popularity decreased, viewership is decreased, player base decreased. Um, but also they've just had so much bad press mm-hmm. about hackers and just the state of the game. So I'm curious about what that impact really is. I believe we're feeling it now. But like you said, when there's a new Cold War Warzone map, um, I'm going to be curious to see how many players make a return, leave Apex. Totally. And then how long they stay back with Warzone mm-hmm. just because the retention decreases, you know, every time there's a new content drop. So I think we could have a nice little pull away uh, for that next Warzone map, but I think I think we'll be able to suck them back in. So it, it's going to be great to see if this is sustainable. And I said it before we started recording a couple of days ago, but if we really have pulled players from Warzone, season nine is going to be incredibly important mm-hmm. for Apex because they need to showcase this huge player increase they've just had that, hey, our game is awesome and our content is fantastic season over season, which is what we've been saying since the podcast started. And you got to stay with this game regardless of what other people do. For sure. Next theory, Twitch drops. Um, The ALGS for the Winter Circuit Championships viewership hit an all-time high since going virtual with the Global Series. Mm -hmm. Um, And more than doubled viewership from the last year. This is likely due to the free Mirage tracker and banner frame drop for viewers. It's crazy how long ago we had this leaked. Yeah. This has been in the game files as something that's been coming to ALGS streams for the longest time. And we always said that Twitch drops would be a fantastic way to engage with the audience and to see the success of this, because this is really the only thing that changed. And it was announced and instantaneous growth on that stream. It wasn't even close. More than doubled. But what does that mean for the future? Having Twitch drops for creators in general streaming the game, creator codes, like they're, we've already been wanting these things for a while, but now there is kind of like this solid evidence for the dev team to look at and say, wow, that really did help us. We could double down. Yeah. Talent and orgs have been, you know, saying that Apex should get in gear for a while Mm -hmm. on these drops and codes. Um, I think they knew it. But it was just proven with a slam dunk Mm -hmm. home run. Like Mm -hmm. it was a really, really great indicator to see the success of this. And I think you're absolutely right that the future is bright. Mm -hmm. And I believe they will do this again, certainly for the ALGS, uh, but potentially even more. Totally. Number four, Nintendo Switch. The release of Apex Legends on the Switch has driven a new demographic and a large audience to the game. That is not only playing, but consuming Apex content. Respawn has actually claimed that 75% of players on the Switch are new to the game. Man, we talked about how the Switch might change things. We kind of had like back and forth like, oh, it might do nothing or it might crack the code. It seems to be going on that latter side for sure. Yeah, we're really excited about kind of the future of Switch because really it it might start this whole idea of Apex Mobile that could be coming at the end of this year um, at at the soonest. Um, But Switch, just to focus there, um, 
really great to see that it's been successful and could be a major reason why season eight has broken so many records. Because like you say, even if we're not, even if the players that are new aren't coming from Switch, Mm -hmm. we're certainly getting a lot more eyeballs because of Mm -hmm. that release. Um, And it's such a large player base. And before it came out, I was just looking at Switch and I was like, Apex is a great visual game uh, for younger audiences. Mm-hmm. Switch is definitely geared that way. Uh, the Switch is the cheapest console you can buy. Mm-hmm. And Apex is a free game, so it's just it's the easiest way to get into Apex. Um, so I was really ambitious about Switch. Rollout wasn't perfect, but it looks like it's it's garnered a lot of attention and popularity. So love to see that. Just wait until mobile comes. Oh my. Before we finish our last four reasons for this season being a big success, though, here's a word from today's sponsor, Redesign. Redesign is launching an innovative pre-workout product, which improves the experience of taste and consumption through easy-to-use sleeves. We've partnered with them to give away free third-party hats, as well as discounted membership to our Patreon. If you're interested in supporting their venture, head over to their Indiegogo to pledge your support and get some awesome rewards like merch or Patreon support. That'll help us out as well. Link in the description to check out their page. This week, they are also doing a giveaway with no purchase necessary. They're giving away seven prizes, a third-party and redesigned hat, three one-month master-tier Patreon memberships for the third-party, and three boxes of dry screw products for you to try out. All you have to do to enter is put your phone number or email to be contacted if you win. Link in our description. The odds are certainly in your favor to win something. Definitely go check it out. We'll be announcing the winners of the giveaway on next week's Wednesday episode. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Kicking it back off with the second half of the reasons why season eight was so great. Number five, ranked. There were changes to the ranked system that have largely been felt by players and more players have had success in grinding through the ranks because of them. In a few weeks, we'll get an update officially on where the player distribution was and likely another official announcement of a record number of players playing ranked. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to re-harp on all the numbers and such that we shared last time. Most people ever, though, to hit masters, and that just means healthy diamond lobbies and healthy plat lobbies which means that players are going to be happier and less frustrated. Overall, a healthier rank system, which has been one that has drawn a lot of negativity on social media, uh, has been getting a lot of positive vibes, you know, besides a few people here and there. But yeah. Absolutely. And I think ranked is a big, big driver for player retention. I think for you and I, mm-hmm. I think a big reason why we'll play extended sessions or we'll play, you know, from all season long is for the ranked grind. I Mm -hmm. think that reward system really fuels a lot of players. And so a healthy ranked playlist could be a major indicator as to why this season has been so great. Yeah. I mean, the rank grind is how you get those group chats where you text everybody, time to grind, time Mm -hmm. to hop on. And then you're adding three people into the game at that moment because of that. Next theory, Pathfinder's Quest. The publicity and excitement about this book and the lore within Uh, could be partially responsible for the social presence of Apex. It was more lore and more news than we were expecting to get out of it. We had a great time covering this book. Uh, 
it was kind of disappointing to see some of the writers come out and say that they probably won't do this again, that it was a lot of work and way too much because it was a very enjoyable experience. But this book came out and you can't kind of brush off the idea about how many content creators were pushing out content about this book. And it reached an Amazon bestseller there for a couple of days as well. There was a lot of popularity surrounding Pathfinder's Quest. Yeah, we've looked at it deeply. Um, We really enjoyed it. Great lore. Right now we're looking at it as a marketing tool. And I think it was very successful for that. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, people were making more content. People were enjoying it, talking about it. And that's important. I mean, if people are talking about your game and it's free, there's no like limitation for them to actually be playing. So mm-hmm. I think that Pathfinder's Quest might not be like the biggest reason, but it's definitely an ingredient in there. And as our listeners know, uh, they have already subcontracted out additional graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can expect more sort of books for Apex. Totally. Next, we have number seven, Chaos Theory. Um, like we said at the top, Google search volume massively spiked this season. Um, that was because of Chaos Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, the collection event of season eight um, is wild to look at that, but there was more search during the Chaos Theory collection than the season release of eight, seven, and six. So... The most Apex search across Google and YouTube since season five. Incredible, incredible stuff. Um, it's nuts. One more piece. YouTube trailer views uh, are comparable for season seven and eight, but for Fight Night to Chaos Theory, major increase. Two million views on Fight Night, three million on Chaos Theory. So... For some reason, mm-hmm. it's. I think let's take a minute to unpack it a little bit. We're coming into Chaos Theory with a town takeover on Kings Canyon mm-hmm. for Caustic. Caustic has been in the media a lot. Yes. Mostly negative, but at the release of this uh, collection event, getting a sizable nerf. Mm-hmm. Then we have Bangalore getting the heirloom. Not the most beloved legend in the game, Mm -hmm. not super popular, Mm -hmm. not the most flashy heirloom. Why was this collection event so crazy? Like It is the biggest question mark of all this information, I think, that we're going to break down. Like The success of Chaos Theory does not make a lot of sense to me. I didn't see people on social media saying, these skins are amazing, the best they've ever done. Like, this is the hypest LTM ever. The LTM was so negatively looked at. People were yeah. leaving the game on social media. I personally took a couple of days off because of that LTM pretty much. And it was just so negative. Is the negative press? Like, is it, is it all news good news or all publicity good publicity? Like, it is a, such a weird thing to think about. It very well could be. Um, the fact that you could say that if this is Caustic's collection event, we've been building this hype for mm-hmm. Caustic for three to four months yeah. and that this was a major climax. But to say and to see that this was essentially more popular than the last three season releases combined is pretty crazy. Yeah. But 
this last reason might be the real reason uh, for that big spike. Number eight, time of year and paid advertisement. So after the holiday game release, spring is kind of that spot where a free-to-play battle royale game can flourish. We've also seen a drastic increase of ads on YouTube and Instagram for Apex, as this season they dedicate the majority of their marketing spend, uh, even if it was a season seven ad as season eight was coming out. It happened each year since its release. Gamers have also you know, spent all their money over the holidays, and so they're bored with those new games. Everyone gets like Valhalla and such, and then they seek out, oh, a free-to-play game because I don't have a ton of money to blow, so you can come to Apex for the first time or return back to Apex, which has you know the best mobility, the best gunplay. Look, lore of any shooter, it's a fantastic game, but it's really good because we were talking about the paid advertisement specifically back in season one and two we remember seeing ads i'm a big nba fan and i remember watching laker games and seeing apex legends ads and then that just disappeared for the longest time and for the first time we circled back this season and started henry and i getting hit with ads on instagram every day and yeah advertisement is going to normally help grow the game so it's a pretty good reason yeah i think that the time of year could be the largest indicator for Mm -hmm. um, why this season and maybe this collection vented so well, just because, you know, season five was at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a really great season. Now season eight is kind of that, you know, late winter, early spring Mm -hmm. um, where this game really is going to do well. It's clear that they dedicate the majority of their ad budget for this space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the time of year, um, is a big, big opportunity and could be a major explainer for why season eight was so great. And it honestly does link with Warzone as well as mm-hmm. a theory because spring is kind of just when COD in general starts to kind of like teeter off and the hype dissipates a bit. And so those points can go hand in hand. And COD is such a big franchise that, yeah, the success of the Call of Duty franchise will impact all other games in a similar genre. Absolutely. So our final thoughts, Mm -hmm. despite the legend, the weapon, overall feeling about King's Canyon and the limited changes, this season has smashed every uh, season before because of massive content and marketing. Two collection events, new platform on the Switch, and all this creative marketing via the books and the Twitch drops, just mayhem. Get it? I get it. Yep. <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah, and finally, it's just the perfect storm. Like mm-hmm. we've been saying that the time of year, Warzone being at its weakest state ever, um, Apex has really just risen. And I think our prediction that Season 9 is really important mm-hmm. for this retention and to capitalize on the growth, I think everyone should be optimistic. Yeah. Internally, it- it's getting hyped. We're excited. I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but... We've been told seasons nine is the season. Yeah, it's interesting. We looked at this though, and one of the takeaways we had was just like, "Wow, gameplay really isn't a big deal in the growth mm-hmm. of a game." Because we have our a long line of experience in our opinion. This has not been the best gameplay season that's been released. So that doesn't matter though. Because content's king. And 
that's kind of crazy, honestly. Just like looking at how much time we spend on the game and the gameplay in general, that's a crazy thought. Yeah, it kind of maybe goes against our content. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why it's awkward for us because Mm -hmm. we think, okay, 30-30, Fuse, King's Canyon, that's like the big stuff we're supposed to get excited about. That wasn't necessarily true Mm -hmm. and was never true. But all these eight reasons kind of came in to be a really great recipe for success. Totally. Let's wrap it up, though, with some five star questions. First question coming from BadgerBoy198. I only just found this podcast. What is your favorite loadout? Personally, mine is the Arthur one and Bolt. It's a great loadout. Um, I have two answers, essentially. If I am playing a character that goes into a longer range style i want that g7 and then something like the spitfire right now um but if i'm playing a little bit more aggressive playing how i play for the most part where i play i play with henry and henry plays gibby and so i play a bit more of that up front lineup sometimes i run with that r301 and something else as well I've had some success with the eva so far in this season so that might start filtering in as a main staple we're of the same mind. You said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> G7 Spitfire or maybe the Flatline. I think the Flatline's still really strong. And then I also wanted to say Eva 8, fantastic option. Yeah. Um, I've really been enjoying it. It's Gibraltar's weapon. It's my weapon. <laughs> All makes sense. G7 Eva. Next question. Unquarantined JP. Hey, my dudes. First off, this is an awesome pod. It was the first one that popped up a while back when I searched Apex Podcast. And I've been listening since been playing on a pc since season five and have no plans on stopping playing i really loved your episode about pistols as a secondary weapon and the power of hammer points as proof of such i recently got my 2k damage badge with mirage using flatline p2020 hammer points i have three guys i consistently enjoy playing with and switch between as my mood changes and i find varying levels of success with bloodhound mirage and caustic i like to consider myself a balanced player capable of playing any character competently but I also would like to be able to say that I have a main. How would you recommend I find that middle ground between having a main and also being balanced? Thanks, bros. Cue up the solid work. For your answer, I just got through and I read that off and I was like, I thought he said he had three guys that he played with that he, like, yeah. friends that he switched between based off his mood. Uh, I'm not really feeling I'm not that. feeling like playing with Henry. I'm, I'm going to call up one of my other friends. That's funny, <laughs> but a great review. Really good points. Glad you liked the secondary weapon episode. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that as well. Um, in terms of main, we, we have maybe some different advice. I think that sticking with Bloodhound, Caustic, and having fun with Mirage in there, that's great. Yeah. No, no complaints there. I honestly, I don't think you should feel forced to change things up. I, I probably like experiment and play around with more legends than Henry does. Um, and honestly, it just stemmed from my disappointment in Pathfinder's nerfs a while back. And then I've kind of just enjoyed switching up legends all the time since then. But I throw that caveat on there. That's in pubs for me. If I'm playing ranked, I do have that core group I choose from. Uh, and it's just, you know, Blood and Horizon or Octane really right now. Um, and really having that core group to rely on for when you are maybe having not the best session and you have someone yeah. you can kind of go back to i think that's always a really good option to have uh but by no means like limit yourself and experiment with people when you have the time and the freedom it's really fun every legend's awesome and unique in this game for sure and like you said jp um you're feeling like you'd be competent with any legend that's really the important thing totally that you should that 
tactical should be an extension of yourself. (laughs) You you shouldn't have to think about, oh, what's what's my tactical? Like it should just be part of the input is teammate goes down, the instant output is bubble. Mm -hmm. Like you have to really be confident and knowledgeable with the legends that you play. And so if you are switching it up, you just have to be really flexible. If you're not, um, or you really want to get in with a play style, then for sure, uh, nailing down a specific main bloodhound would be an excellent choice. Great choice. Next question coming from team up, please team up with Zalabrat. Great question. Uh, we've got a little connection maybe in there that is uh, coming. Uh, we will keep you guys tuned. Definitely on the wish list. I think that's the fairest way to say it. We got a lot of people on the wish list. Yeah. Interviews are fun. We try to do as many as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also love our our content. So For sure. everyone else does too, it seems. Mm-hmm. Based on the numbers at least. Definitely. Next question coming from Bolty123. Shay and Henry, this is the best podcast to find Apex News tips and tricks and loads more thanks to this pod i've picked up loads of tips and it's helped me get my two 2.5 and 3k damage badge on pathfinder do you think for one episode you could rank the legends and the guns keep it guys p.s is it okay if i add you on xbox my username is charlie 8740 thanks so much for the review um we do play with our patron supporters we have so much right now um it's kind of incredible to see how many people that we have to play with Mm -hmm. uh, which is fun um hoping to open that up to to more on stream um so great that you're picking up some tips in terms of your question um we do not currently rank legends um we do kind of not necessarily tier rank weapons Mm -hmm. but we definitely put weapons together compare them we will tell you something's better than the other yeah we group them mm-hmm. though. Like it's hard to say. Don't compare Mastiff, the sniper and they yeah, are. Yeah. Mastiff's better than the G7. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Equally as you know, Watson or Wraith is better than Watson. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is very hard to do that on a broad scope. We have elected to narrow it down. Look at the defensive legends, or look at the offensive legends, mm-hmm. or look at the ARs. So that's what you can expect from us. Um, and for right now, we like it that way. Well said. I don't need to add more to that one. Next question coming from Drew Baca XL. Hey guys, I'm a huge fan of the third party. You guys constantly put out incredible content and I love the community you have built around Apex. I've been listening since late season five, early season six, and I just subbed to the Patreon a few weeks ago. Thank you very much. I'm loving the exclusive content. Quick question. When playing on console, what controllers do you guys use? If I understand correctly, you're typically on Xbox. Do you use the standard Xbox controller or do you use a scuff or one of the Elite Series controllers? Also, do you know how to play Claw on controller? I tried briefly a while ago and quickly gave up because it's so dang hard. Now I use an Elite Series 2 and I love it. Thanks for everything you do and I'm looking forward to this week's episode. Great, great question and thank you for the review. Okay, well, I'll get the couple answers there. So, we both use the Power A Fusion controller. It has paddles. Uh, it's wired. Absolutely love it. Great company. We've been able to chat with them a couple of times. We've been loving to try and get a sponsorship of that controller. We will happily praise it, though, with or without the sponsorship. Uh, can't say anything more about that controller. Do you have any, any advice or love you want to throw onto it, though? 
I love it. I would like to move to a wireless controller, mm-hmm. um, but I really like the reliability of a wired. And I've had so many problems with pairing and battery mm-hmm. life and things like that. So I really do recommend uh, the Fusion from Power A. It's a heck of a price. Great compared price point. to mm-hmm. the Elites and the Scuffs. Uh, on Claw, I am the Claw player between the two of us. I've just been doing it for the longest time, as long as I can remember. I can't imagine trying to learn it, like trying to look at things and say, hey, I should play Claw. Like I kind of credit Guitar Hero as the game that kind of got me used to that. Uh, but I have heard that like people that play Claw can have arthritis issues and such. So I'm kind of thinking about maybe trying to move away. Don't worry. But I'm not like too stressed about it yet. You know, like it's not a huge worry yet, but... I honestly can't give you many tips on trying to play claw. I don't think it is a like advantage over another play style. I think there is a nice advantage if you are playing claw on a basic Xbox controller versus someone else that is on a basic Xbox controller and doesn't play. Cause if you can play claw successfully, there's like one or two things you can do otherwise that someone else just, there's like a half second to a second pause. Get paddles though. That's completely removed. And you don't have to worry about it. Even with my paddles, though, I still play claw a little bit because I'm just so weird. Like, I can't give you guys controller advice. (laughs) All good tips. Good answer. Good question. Uh, Last question coming from Yeet21208. I love your guys' podcast. Do you think Fuse's ultimate is overpowered? You know what? Some people might think this question is funny, but looking at his ultimate, it sure looks overpowered. Oh, it looks scary. It's very scary. Mm-hmm. The numbers are incredible on mm-hmm. it. Like it's DPS and damage potential is just really unprecedented. On, Nothing else is close. On paper, they brought out a great ability. Yeah. And visually, it looks pretty cool too. I do not think it's overpowered. He's not sitting at a great uh, success rate. Pick rate is not far behind. Um, I think we should expect some fuse changes inbound hopefully next season but we do know things get a little delayed could be coming in season 10 yeah split of season nine who knows ui also needs some work potentially as well and that kind of holds back from that overpowered state but yeah great questions great podcast thank you all for listening subscribe on apple pods give us a follow on spotify leave a five-star review with your question we'll answer it on our next episode follow us on instagram and twitter at third party pod follow us on twitch third party pod and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.